Amen. Week one of our new series called Reboot. I think uh, Reboot is important. <clears throat> I think that God is calling us into a reboot. For those of you that don't know what a reboot is, particularly if you're older, uh, teenagers are going to know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> you know, reboot is the thing that you have to say to your parents when they're like, my phone's not working. What's going on with this crappy thing? We should have still have the old dial-up phone, you know, and they're doing the thing. And then the teenager has to say, did you reboot your phone? And they say, oh, look at that magic. It works again. Uh, I hate rebooting. You know, like when the internet doesn't work, it's like, oh, I've got to go all the way downstairs and I got to unplug the things and plug it all back in. And then everything magically works again. But the reality is like our life calls us into reboots. As a matter of fact, I feel like God is actually not only calling Christians, but I think he's calling America into a reboot right now. And it's a good thing. Uh, definition of reboot in technology uh, is when uh, what happens when your phone stops working and it calls for a reboot is because what's happening is too many requests have been ordered. So everything just gets jammed up. There have been too many requests made of your device and things just kind of get froze and get stuck. It's possible to say about our life that sometimes just too many things are going on. There's too much stuff coming at us. There's too many requests made of our life. And so we all just get kind of stuck and froze and we don't perform the way God's called us to perform. Are you with me? And uh, Facebook, I know you're with me. Help me use the chat today. You can leave your comments. Let us know that you're watching. Use the interactions. It helps us a ton if you share this page. Uh, as I just mentioned, I know a lot of people are just coming back from spring break. So if you share this page, we'll make sure they don't miss the kickoff of this series. But reboot. We got a reboot. Uh, my daughter, uh, I've told you I have the little one who's two and uh, she's the fun one. We're calling her fun because it's not nice to call her crazy anymore. So we call her fun. Uh, she's two, but I have an older daughter, our oldest one, she's eight. And uh, she's getting to that age uh, where she knows it all. Like she just corrects us on how out of order our lifestyle is, you know? And, uh, and so uh, it's like, oh, you know it all. Okay. I like, hey, honey, I need you to go do this. She's like, well, actually, I don't need to do it right now because I have all the, and she like gives me the breakdown about why she doesn't have to. And I'm like, stop acting like me. Like, you know, that's what I did to my parents their whole time. So, um, and so I was vacuuming the other day. I was vacuuming the other day. You guys are waiting for the punchline. No, I was vacuuming. I was vacuuming because men, you should help out around the house. Can I get an Amen. Good job, women. <laughs> They're on that one. They were like, oh, it's good. Uh, and so I was vacuuming, and my daughter came in, and she says, uh, Dad, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm vacuuming. Don't act like you've never seen this before. I'm vacuuming. <laughs> I'm vacuuming. And she's like, you're going way too fast. You're not going to be able to suck anything up. You're just going way too fast. It's not going to be able to do its job. And I was like, stop acting like your mom. You know, like I, I can't handle that much greatness, two of you. You know, like I don't. <clears throat> but I feel like in our life and in our world, especially in our society here in America, and this isn't my sermon, actually, I'm trying to duplicate. The Lord had me say some different things in first service, and I'm trying to say it to you now, but um, we'll get to the other sermon later. I'm used to three services now after last week, so we're just staying until one. Hope you're ready. But, uh, but in this culture, everything's fast, right? Everything's fast. They're selling you everything about how quick it goes. You, you're cooking your stuff right now in the instant pot, and you got the instant this and the fastest. And the old preachers always say this. We, we live in a microwave generation, but we serve a crockpot God. You know, he just takes his time on things at times, and it, and, it, and it does things. It develops things in us. And so this culture, though, is like faster than ever, quicker this, instant this, instant that. And, uh, and so we move so quick. I worry that we're kind of like the vacuum right now. We're all going so fast and in such a hurry that we're actually not accomplishing the purpose that God has for us because we're going so fast. So we need to hit the reboot. We need to hit the reboot. We need to reshuffle because we have so many requests being made in, in our lives that we're not, we're not hitting the mark. And so I hope in this, 
reboot series, you can uh, come to understand, all right, what is it in my life that I need to reboot, restart so that I can function the way I need to be doing? And um, we'll talk about it for the next couple of weeks. And as a church, truly, after Easter, we hit reboot. It's like, all right, Easter, then you kind of start a new season as a church. So you being church family, you're in this reboot season with us as a church. But I really do, as I mentioned a minute ago, again, not in my notes, just something I feel like the Lord really wants me to share today. <clears throat> and that is, God's got us in a reboot, and there's really not much you can do about it. <laughs> uh, we're just in this great season with the Lord right now where God is rebooting some things. As a matter of fact, uh, it says in, in, in the scripture that in the last days, in these end times, the Lord's going to be coming back for a remnant, for, which is a smaller amount, a remnant, a remaining people that are going to be worshipers of, of him. I'm adding this part to it, uh, putting a few scriptures together. But he's coming back for these people that are, that are these people who worship in spirit and in truth, and they're all in. And so this reboot that's being set right now, and please don't hear this politically, even though I'm going to kind of make some edgy political maybe statements. But, but here's what I want you to understand. He's hitting this reboot, and it's developing this remnant that he's going to be coming back for. And the reason I say you don't have a choice is because he gave us this warning of like, hey, lukewarmness doesn't cut it. It's not going to work. And so what's happening in culture right now is in this reboot, you're being, um, I don't want to say forced, but it's, it's become reality that it's put up or shut up time. Are you with me? If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, if you're someone who is following the Lord and your, your prayer is his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, it's time where you got to mean that and know that and worship in him in spirit and truth. Are you with me? There's a story that I heard of this church. These gunmen rushed in, a, a group of gunmen, and they came in and they pointed their guns at all the believers and they put it in their face and they said, two things are going to happen right now. You're either going to confess that Jesus is your Lord and that you're a Christ follower and that you mean it with your whole life, or you're not going to confess that publicly before all of us and I'll give you the opportunity to just sneak out the door and run away. And uh, so many, the majority actually fled and ran out of there and wouldn't confess publicly Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And uh, so that group led out and then the few that remained were still in there. And once everyone had left, the gunmen closed the door, locked the doors, would not allow anyone else in. And then they went back to the remaining group and they took off their masks and they said, okay, now let's worship. Because they were developing a who really wants it? Who's really in on this? Now, that's not a true story. Don't worry about that. It's just an old preacher story that I've heard before. But could you, you know, imagine a scenario like that? Like, how would you react? And it's been interesting for me, and trust me, I'm not going to get too political about this, but it's been really interesting for me to watch and see that a virus over the last year has really split and divided true worshipers. It's really brought about who is the lukewarm, who's the in, who's the out. Uh, and that, that's not a, and I want you to hear this on Facebook. This isn't a, a message about if you're in person or not in person. I'm talking about those people who are willing to say, no, at all costs, no matter what, no matter what pressure, no matter what persecution, I serve God. He's my Lord and say, are you with me today? <clears throat> and we say, oh, pastor, you're being so extreme. You're being so intense about this. You know, uh, the reboot's not happening. There's not like this thing. No, listen, back in the day, you used to be able to say, oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christ follower. And someone would say, oh, good for you. That's good for you. Now you say I'm a Christian. Oh, oh, so you're one of those that believe that. And you're getting this pressure. You're getting this intensity. You're getting this having to defend. Are you with me? Uh, there's organizations and there's things that we partner with that as a, as a church or a faith-based business, you're trying to connect and say, oh, I'm sorry. We don't work with religious organizations. What? Are you with me? 
And, and so the reboot's happening. There's things that's happening where you have to get into a time where we got to worship in spirit and truth and know what you're talking about. Now you're sitting in here going like, man, I'm not really a Christian. I'm just kind of checking all this thing out. You're sort of freaking me out. You feel the reboot too. Because the depression and the anxiety and the world isn't the way that it used to be. And so you're trying to find answers and you're trying to find hope. And it's hard to find, isn't it? Yeah. And so I'm saying you're sitting in this room here hearing about the reboot because I want you to know that God is a place that you can put your faith, hope, and trust. Are you with me? Oh, Pastor, you're being so extreme about all this. No, listen, right here in Canada. Oh, none of that stuff's ever going to happen. They're never, no, right in Canada, there is a church that is surrounded by a 12-foot wall. And it's with armed guards making sure no one goes in that building to worship this morning. Right now in our Supreme Court systems, we have people fighting over the ability to hold house church in your own home in the United States of America. Now, I'm not coming in here to be political. I'm not doing that. But what I'm here to say to you is like the reboot is happening. We're in a season where you have got to get to a place where you can stand up and stand true and know what the word says on all things. Are you with me? So that's kind of the, the reboot that I didn't come here to talk about today, uh, but you just got it for free. So uh, I, I want us to know in the next couple of weeks, what is the Lord doing? How is he shuffling it? And as much as I said a minute ago, I hate to go downstairs and reboot things. I hate to unplug this stuff. But when it comes back up, it's better. Yeah. The reboot is better. And so I'm just here to tell you that in your life, whatever you give yourself to, whatever reboot you allow the Lord to do in you, when it comes back up, it's going to be better. And so allow the Lord to do the work. Amen? A couple of things real quick before we jump into my actually scheduled sermon. Uh, that is this. I want to say thank you as a part of the church as we're sort of rebooting and restarting things. And the Lord has grown this place so uh, tremendously. A few weeks ago, we talked about how we had a great need for uh, those to serve and join the team and be a part of what the Lord is doing. You responded incredibly well. Uh, it's been so amazing. I just want to say thank you as your pastor uh, for the fact that you signed up and we've been onboarding you. I know many of you, even this morning, it was your first time serving and being a part of a team. I just want to say thank you uh, as a pastor. And I also want to say to those of you that maybe didn't hear that sermon or you missed the opportunity to serve, we'd still love to get you on the team because uh, it's our heart that around here uh, that when the scripture says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, we don't want that to be our reputation here. Can I get an amen? We want the laborers to be great because we know the harvest is great. Amen. So thank you to everybody who served. And then I also want to let you know about another reboot that's happening. And that happens this Saturday. Uh, our men's ministry where we get together and we uh, do a, a Bible study or we have conversation. Um, that's been gone for like a year. Uh, all, all the shutdowns, we haven't been able to hold our classes and do some student ministry things. But as a church, we're ready to reboot and get back into, we're looking at the needs and the desires of what's happening in our, in our world. And so we're ready to bring that back. But here's what I'm asking. I'm really asking you as a pastor, guys, I'm asking you to do me a favor and please do your best to come to this. Uh, I normally wouldn't beg or try to convince or even ask you to do me a favor, but really on this one, and here's why, because we want to re reboot that thing in a way that's effective and relevant and matters. And so normally we do dudes, donuts, and uh, devotions. So we'll have donuts and coffee and we'll hang out and then we'll go through a devotion. We're changing it to discussions because we want to start connecting. The scripture says iron sharpens iron. So we want to do life together as the men of the church. It's not just a good idea that we meet. It's important. It's critical that the men are strong together in the church. Can I get an amen? And so this Saturday, we're going to get together and we're going to have a survey ready for you. And so we'll hang out. We'll do donuts and coffee and hang out and connect. And I'm going to share some things from my heart. But really, we want to get all this information from you about how you would like to see the men's ministry go forward. And um, we can't wait for you to help us out on that so we can reboot and hit the ground running. Um, because, man, there's just so much in our world and we need strong men to help lead that. Can I get an amen? And um, so be with us on Saturday. Uh, I would love to hang out with you and connect with you. 
And then one more thing before we preach the sermon. I just want to say thank you to everybody who helped us last week with Easter and served. We added a service, and it was a big, huge day, and a lot of work went into that with labor and things like that. But I just am excited to tell you we had our highest attendance of all time, and that's in a pandemic, and that's still with a whole bunch of people online. Come on, give it up to God for that. But more, way, way, way more important than any numbers in a room, uh, we gave away the most salvation books that we've ever given away as a church. Come on, that's what you give it up to God for. And then, uh, and then our prayer rooms were full after services. Just a great move of God on Easter. And so thank you to everybody who was a part of that. Uh, but there is a part that goes with that. And that is what we're going to talk about today, which is baptism. You know, you can celebrate Easter and you can celebrate the empty tomb and the work of the cross and all that kind of stuff. But God does give us next steps. And one of those next steps are what we're going to do next week, which is water baptism. And so I know many of us in here are Christ followers and probably many of you have been baptized. But whether you're watching online or in this room, I really want you to open your hearts and minds to this power, this idea of baptism. And so we're going to give you a few things about it and then hopefully sign you up and get you connected uh, because we throw a party as a church. When we have Baptism Sunday, it's a big deal because heaven, as you see in a minute, thinks it's a big deal. So first thing I want to let you know about baptism is this. Uh, Jesus was baptized, therefore we should be baptized. Can I get an amen? If you're a Christ follower, if you're someone who, whose faith, hope, and trust is in God and you haven't been baptized yet, I'm telling you, take the step to be Christ-like and be a person who gets baptized. Mark chapter 1, verse 9 says this, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased." A couple of things I want you to notice here. The first thing is that if Christ was baptized, we should be baptized. The second thing is this. Think about this. Heaven literally pays attention to when you get baptized. You know, there's a lot of things you could do this week. You can sign up for a lot of things and enroll in a lot of things and do a lot of different things that you could do throughout your week and sign up for. But none of them are going to guarantee that heaven's looking down on that like, yeah, yeah. You have the opportunity today to sign up to be water baptized, to take a step that God's called you to. And the scripture talks about how when we're taking that step of being Christ, like heaven pays attention to water baptism. Isn't that absolutely incredible? The other thing is this. The scripture says that it pleased God. We saw right here, he looks down from heaven and says, uh, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Do you know that God still calls us his sons and daughters? Just as much as he looked down on Christ and said, that's my son who I'm well pleased. Heaven still looks down on you as his children. So you have an opportunity when you're water baptized to please God, to make your heavenly father proud. I think it's pretty incredible. And so I'll continue with that thought, which is it pleases God. It makes God proud when you choose to be water baptized. Now we do a lot of things in life to make our dad proud, right? Here in the natural world, you know, we do all kinds of things. And as a, as a dad, you're like, oh yeah, come on, buddy. He said, my son, he's going to be a catcher. And then I was a catcher, and someday he's going to be, he's going to play first base. I was a first base. Oh, that's going to make me so proud. When he tags that first buck, oh, man, when he does that, I'm going to be so proud of my son. Those are all earthly things, and they're all good things, and they're great things. Are you with me? But think, think about heaven, God looking down and seeing you get water baptized. You're making your heavenly father go, oh, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of that moment, them publicly declaring in front of their peers the outward express. They're taking an outward expression of what God has done on the inside of them. There's a lot of things you can sign up for, but the ability to be able to say, I'm taking this plunge. I'm making this step to make my heavenly father proud. 
Matthew, 10, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Think about that one. When you get baptized, God is saying, because of what you did in front of others, I will then make acknowledgments of you. It's a decision that you're making that literally is causing our Heavenly Father in heaven to go, I, I'm remembering that. I'm remembering what you did there. Now, look, I get it. It's weird. It's so weird. People say to me, why are we still doing water baptisms? There's so much, you know, it's so weird. And think about this. Next Saturday, after Dudes, Donuts, and Discussions, Doug and I are going to come down here. We're going to get the baptismal tank, which is like this really cool thing uh, that we put together here on the stage. And we, we try not to electrocute ourselves and we move all this stuff. Mostly me. He's the tech guy. I'm the one pulling the wrong cords apart. But, uh, but we set this thing up. Then we go down the hall and we hook up this crusty, rusty hose and we run water into this thing and, uh, and we fill up this. And then there'll come a time where people will come in this room and I will push them underwater and pull them back up. If you think about it in the natural, you're like, yeah, why are we still doing this? But the spiritual significance, it's literally a holy moment that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. We're going to read this scripture here in a minute that actually talks about that. And the other thing that I want to say to you, if you just want to be real about it, you have no problem doing weird things that bring about significant difference in your life. If you think about it in your relationships, Holding hands is ridiculous. I have an idea. Let's walk up and down the sidewalk with our hands smashed together. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to show you how much I love you. <laughs> All of you affectionate people are like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> hugging, hugging. Hey, I have an idea. Let's push ourselves together. I'm giving you the PG versions of everything. Well, let's push our bodies together for like three seconds. It gets uncomfortable at five. Uh, what's that going to do? You're going to just feel something. We're going to just love each other. You're gonna, and no one in here thinks that's ridiculous. Y'all say, yeah, that is what happens. There's nothing better than a hug. Some of us may be like, well, I could do without it. So all that, totally acceptable. All sorts of other things we do in real life. That, that they, but then we say, oh, this symbolic holy moment of, yeah, before God, I'm going to connect with this idea of death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to leave in the water the old me, and I'm going to come up raised to life. How come we can't look at that and go, yeah, that will be powerful and significant and meaningful because God's in it. Can I get an amen? And so don't, don't overthink it. Just, just think about the spiritual significance and impact of it. When we publicly identify with the work of the cross, that is baptism. It's saying, I'm identifying with the power and the work of the cross. He came and he died and he bled for my sins and then he was buried and he was raised to new life. That's what the symbolic meaning of baptism is. It's saying this old person is passing away and I'm being raised to, Christ, uh, to life in Christ. It's the symbol of death, burial, and resurrection. The word uh, in the Greek, baptism, is baptizo, which means submerged, sinking, sunk, grave, or finale. I mean, you know, when you, many of you, this is your testimony. You, you got into that tank or whatever it was, and, and you went under the water, and it was a finale. It was a final. That old you, those old patterns, those old things got left in the old watery grave. Can I get an amen? I don't know how it all works, and I don't know how it all is. I just know that it does, and it's the testimony of many that you come up out of that water in new life. And I want you to be able to experience that. Part of it is, is an outward expression of your inward change or your inward faith. It's just like this wedding ring. Now, this wedding ring is a Walmart wedding ring. And I think I got it for like five bucks when I got a Mountain Dew at Walmart. <laughs> but it's not, 
its value is not what makes it valuable. It's that I'm showing the world an outward expression of my inward heart. Are you with me? It's saying, hey, I need everybody to know what this means to me. Are you with me? And so baptism is saying publicly before my peers and my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm making an outward expression of this inward change and this inward love that I have for God. Amen. And then I want to say it to you like this, to everybody who says, oh, is this even for today? Is this even a part of it? That was what they did way back then when Jesus was around. Is that even for today? I want you to think about this. Yeah, it's for today because it's literally a part of our great commission. And our great commission goes on for all time. Great commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Take the gospel to people. Then it says, do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he says, go evangelize, go reach people, go tell them about the gospel, the work of the cross. But as important, in that same list, he says, make sure you baptize them. Because baptizing isn't just some weird church idea. A bunch of pastors sat around like, you know, we need some more things to do. What if we got this bucket of water and we push people? No, 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 no. That's not how it is. It's, it's literally a significant part of what God wants to do in the Great Commission. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Do you know that I actually don't get paid more based on how many baptisms I do in a year? We had a good year last year. See that plaque up there? We got all that. So I'm just saying it like that to tell you this. I'm not pushing this because it's a part of my thing. No, it's because I believe in the power of it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anybody in here got baptized and you believe that it changed your life? Can I get an amen? So I want you to be a part of that. It was a command of God. Go and baptize people. Make it a part of your ministry. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 gives it just so much power. It says this, Or you do not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And then it says in verse 4, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through and to the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. The scripture is actually telling you this. The same power in the same work in the same play that heaven played to raise Christ from the dead, you're actually part of that story when you're baptized and raised to new life in him. That's crazy if you think about it. How amazing is that? The work that Jesus did coming out of the tomb, that the, that the power of God did to raise him from the dead is the same power that works when we are a part of baptism and we're raised to life and we come up out of that water. It's incredible and it's so life-giving and it's powerful and I want to make sure you're a part of it. If you're watching online and you have COVID concerns, email them. We'll figure it out. We'll find a way, but I don't want you to miss the opportunity to be baptized, to take this step that God has called us to. A couple of practical things in my closing um, I want to let you know about. Uh, the first one is this. You may say, I've already been water baptized. I did it as a kid. I did it a long time ago, but I'm feeling like I, I want to be water baptized. I have a better understanding of it now. Uh, should I do it later in my life? Here's how I'd say it to you. We tell you with your kids, don't have your kids baptized until they have the full understanding of sins forgiven and made new and raised to life. So until they have an understanding of they used to live a life and then God came and said, And so I will tell you this, if you didn't have that understanding of what baptism really meant when you got baptized as a young person, then go ahead and be baptized again. God's not going to be mad at you if you have a significant desire in your heart to make a move toward him. He's like, oh, this, I can't get these people. They just don't leave me alone. Don't you remember when you were five? You know, 
It's, it, and so whatever's in your heart, if you feel, if you've prayed and you feel God is prompting you to, to take this step and do it, then I'm going to encourage you to do it. But it, just weigh it through that. Did you have an understanding of what it was uh, back then? If you didn't, or, or it's meaning something different now, then definitely go ahead and do it again. Well, what about our kids? Can our kids be baptized? Uh, here's how we teach this as a church. Uh, I'll give you two scripture points here. Uh, many people are like, what's the difference between infant baptism and then baptism later? Here's how we see it as a church uh, in our theology. Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 22 through verse 40, you see that Jesus' parents took him to the church or the temple or the synagogue, however you want to say it, but brought him before the religious leaders, and he was dedicated. He was spent at some time. He was aimed and devoted into what God had for him. So we dedicate children here. We dedicate them. We actually have one coming up in May that you'll hear about soon, but we have the families come up. We pray a blessing over them. We read a scripture over them. They have a really cool prayer moment with our children's ministry team. And so I encourage you, child dedication is what we do uh, with the little ones. But then we see Jesus in Matthew chapter 3 and other chapters, um, we see that he as an adult or somebody later uh, was water baptized, submergent of water, like I read to you in the Greek. So we do baptism later. And for us, the standard is just do they have an understanding? Can my kid be baptized? Do they have an understanding? Then yeah, absolutely. We'd love for them to be a part of it. Our children's ministry team uh, has been passing out information and getting them uh, all the thing that they need to be able to answer that question. And so we're leaving that up to the parents. You know, we're not sitting in a room having an expectation. Well, you know, the Smiths family, they haven't got all their kids baptized. You know, not that kind of thing. Uh, it comes down to your heart, what the Lord is doing uh, with your family. And so we're letting you lead that as the parent. But uh, if they feel it and they're excited about it and want to be a part of it, then absolutely, we would love to baptize them. Amen? Amen. It's my encouragement to you as you go back and you pray and you decide, God, are you calling me to do this? Are you asking me to do this? And then I'm going to ask the rest of the church family too, be here next week. Like come here and support. We cheer and we're excited. It's something that's life-giving. Are you with me? Yeah. Well, it's baptism Sunday. I guess we can skip, you know. No, come on. This is, this is your family. And, it, and it's significant, holy moment, life change. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of it. So please pray about it. Sign up. Facebook online, please, however you may be watching it. Uh, if this is on your heart, sign up. Our emails, uh, you can register on the website. You can register in the app. My personal email is right on the website. If you have any questions about it, we would love to help you out. And um, we want to throw that party. We want to be a part of raising you to new life um, up out of that. And um, it will forever change your life. Amen? All right, let me pray, and uh, then I got a couple of things for you to take off. So God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the work that you are doing. Lord, we give thanks in advance for how incredible Baptism Sunday is going to be. God, I thank you for that holy moment um, where, God, people will come up out of that watery grave and new life. And so we give thanks for that in advance. Lord, I thank you. You're giving them the boldness to sign up and participate and, and not let themselves be talked out of or distracted uh, from that act that you're calling them to do. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.